Chris Letang was back on the ice yesterday at practice. Tremendous news. First and foremost, for Tanger, his family, and everybody who cares for him. So, is it all right now to talk about the hockey component? Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and or baseball, I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Pirates where you found this. The Penguins are in Buffalo to face the Sabres tonight, 7.08 p.m. face-off. And then those teams come back down here to Pittsburgh for the second half of the back-to-back tomorrow. Latang being back at practice uh, doesn't mean he's jumping right back into the lineup. That requires a second level of medical clearance. But in hearing all concerned describe it yesterday uh, with all of the same transparency and detail that was offered last week after Latang had suffered the second stroke of his life, it couldn't have been clearer that he will be playing sooner rather than later, and that in the estimation of medical professionals, he'll be doing so at no additional risk. Latang himself spoke with reporters for the first time yesterday since then. Here's some of what he had to say. People know me well by now, and they know that uh, hockey is a a passion for me. It's something that uh, it's going to take a lot to to drag me out of it, so... um, but at the same time, I'm, I know the danger, I know everything, and I made sure that I know all the risk I'm taking, and if there's none, um, I will resume playing, and that's, what, that's what's the case right now. I got to be honest with you. When it comes from him, and, and please take this in the spirit in which it's intended, I actually don't believe him, because I'm pretty sure he would throw himself out there in almost any situation And I say that, again, respectfully. But when you hear it from the doctors, when you hear it from the people who are running the Penguins, it it comes with an additional authenticity. It comes with more of a comfort factor is probably a better term for what I'm looking for here. And that's, again, wonderful. I'm not going to be as easy to separate Latang the man, Latang the husband, Latang the father, from Latang the hockey player, because I know what the game means to him. I know the passion that he has, not only for the competition, but even just for the little stuff, the, the, the stuff that he hangs around the rink by himself after everyone else is gone from practice working on. He loves this game. And for this to be the news that emerged on this day, yesterday, for him, it's this always was the optimal outcome. And you know what? It was also that for the team. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western Pennsylvania. They, in turn, need your help. Find out how $1 can be turned into five full meals. For those in need, visit pittsburghfoodbank.org. 
I realize it's kind of stating the obvious. Hey, Latang's going to be available to play. Good for the hockey team. That's some groundbreaking stuff there on this show. So let me try to put it another way. Had he not been able to return, had he been told even that he'd have to sit out for a couple months of tests and everything else, and it would take a while to figure out whether or not he'll be allowed to do this or that or participate in X level of activity, I don't feel like I'm exaggerating when I say this season probably was going nowhere. And yeah, I know, they won the cup without him once in 2017. That's what his detractors always love to remind everyone of. Yeah, well, how did they get it done in Nashville without him if he was so great? The fact is, he's a big, big part of this hockey team right now. Arguably a bigger part of this team than he was even of the 2016 team. And that's saying something considering that he was their best player in the Stanley Cup final and might even have deserved the Conn Smythe trophy. But on this team, at this stage of where this franchise is, he's irreplaceable. I was about to say, you know, something softer than that. He's irreplaceable. I applauded and still do what Jeff Petrie did in the handful of days that Latang was out. Petrie's going to need to be that good again tonight and tomorrow against the Sabres or until whenever it is the Tanger comes back. But for right now, for right now, he's been sharp. He's been what management had to have hoped for upon acquiring him as semi-insurance against Latang being injured or ill in some capacity. But there wasn't going to be a replacement. There wasn't going to be, oh, well, we'll just put Tanger on LTIR and take his whatever would be remaining of that figure and apply that to going out and getting this superstar defenseman. Teams don't give these guys up. And even if and when they do, it takes time for those guys to assimilate to their new supporting cast, to their new surroundings. That is the absolute antithesis of what you get with Latang, who knows the core guys, obviously, just a little bit well, and knows what everyone wants and needs from the back end. But I'm going to throw another factor into this, and this is now something that I feel a little little more comfortable talking about now than I might have 10 days ago. But here it is, since now we're just talking about a hockey player again. He wasn't having a great season. He wasn't having a bad one either, but he wasn't having one of those runs that make you think, wow, this is the year they're actually going to start paying attention to him for the Norris and you know he's starting to look as solid and dependable as he ever had whereas we thought that pretty much all through last season including the playoffs he was that good all the way through that really wasn't the case to open up this one so whatever it is that you think of the penguins now and this is kind of my point here they're 8-1 one and 1 in their last 10 uh they're one of the NHL's hottest teams over the past month, I believe only the Devils have been hotter. I have no idea what that's about, by the way. If Tanger can get to his game, to borrow from the old Dan Bilesma line, 
This team can ascend to a different level. This team has achieved most of what it's achieved based on top six scoring. And it's not going to be built that way at the end, as I keep telling everybody, at least not if things go well. It's going to be a team that is strong from the back out and that gets goals pretty much by happenstance. A superstar version of Latang. Wow. I mean, that just makes all the difference. When we come back, J1Q. from Chris, who asks, I believe that the Penguins have the most players in the NHL with 10 or more points. Is the depth actually better than we've given it credit for, or is this just some kind of anomaly? You know, Chris, first I'm going to give the actual data here to support what you're saying, because I went and looked it up after you sent that. The Penguins currently have 12, count them, 12 players with 10 or more points, that's, you know, do the math. That's two-thirds of all your skaters. It's pretty good. And on top of that, Danton Heinen, who's been a healthy scratch, well, he had been one until recently, has nine points. So you have another guy that's right in there. And actually, Heinen's going to end up being one of your top 12 scorers, regardless, as the season goes along. Here's the number that stands out more for me. The entire top six of this team's forwards has 16 or more points. That's impressive. That was probably unforeseen. Meaning, as much as some of us, myself included, will marvel over the little things that Ricard Raquel does on the rink, I don't know that we knew that he'd produce consistently in large part because we didn't know how he'd click with this line or that line, depending on where Mike Sullivan would put him. Brian Rust, who's one of these guys who's met this level of production, I think we all can agree, including Rusty himself, that he hasn't been at his best. So what you're really talking about here is Sid, Gino, and Jake, your top three forwards, Jason Zucker staying healthy, finds something to knock on. And these guys coming up with points at a clip that's offset what's been just a miserable first unit of the power play. What's that say? What's that mean to kind of get at your question? For me, it it reinforces something that Mike Sullivan talks about a lot, which is that we're going to score. Uh, we're going to score just because we have that much scoring ability. So what he does as a head coach is focus way, way, way more on the rest of the game, knowing he doesn't have to tell, you know, Sid and Jake, hey, hey, guys, here's a tip for how to get some more offense. You You don't have to tell that to Gino whenever he's flying around the way he's been. What needed to happen with this team was what happened beginning with the trip through St. Paul and Winnipeg, where they began 
to clamp down. They weren't all that good at it in St. Paul, but they crushed it in Winnipeg. And as a result of that, they formed their own little template for how to behave moving forward. Haven't always hit it. Those two games against the Maple Leafs sure stunk. But for the most part, they've been on that track and they've stayed on that track. And it's benefited everyone, Tristan Jari included, because it's allowed him to get into a groove. Look, here's what I want to say out of all this. This team is either as good or better than a lot of us thought it would be going into the season. But it's got more. It's got more to show. More in the depth scoring. More in the defensive game. More in the goaltending. Now it's got Tanger too. You know, this was a pretty good week for your favorite hockey club. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. We'll do another one of these Monday. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.